Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Waking up to a weekend. It's here. Second weekend of August means another day closer, another weekend closer to college and pro football. We actually were treated to some pro football last night with the uh, Texans and Patriots. How about the Texans defense? Now it's preseason. And good. The Patriots didn't play many players, including Mac Jones, a quarterback, or Ramondre Stevenson, a receiver, a running back. Running back. But they held the uh, Patriots to 164 total yards. And if you're seeing it early, I mean, against the, some of those first-team offensive linemen, pressure. Pressure from uh, right. D'Amico Ryan's defense up front. He had Matt Burke running that defense now, and Will Anderson showing immediate, as you would expect, twitch pressure off the edge. So, obviously, it's early. It's preseason, so you just try to draw something. Seattle top Minnesota, 24-13. I think a lot of Longhorn fans will be tuned in tonight to see B. John Robinson. What kind of type of game? Oh, yeah. What type sure. of uh, you know reps or snaps he gets in their game against the Miami Dolphins? By the way, you know who's getting a lot of buzz in Miami Dolphins camp? Devin. Oh, the kid from AM. Yeah, Devin A. Chang. Yes, he is. He's getting, I, I read that actually. There are a lot of put Tyreek Hill was talking about him. Um, I think Tua said some really nice things about him. They basically are, are hinting they're going to use him. Like he's going to get a lot of play early on with the Miami Dolphins. So good for him. They like speed, man. And he, he, he can run, run. Run, run, track run. Run, run. Yeah, track he's, run. he's got a world. Man, they, they're the fastest team in the NFL. I mean, that's not even close. Well, that's one of the reasons they take him. Yeah, I mean, Miami Mike Dolphins. McDaniel, they want to pressure you <sighs> Waddle, with their speed. Hill, and, and don't they still have the. Must, don't they have Mostert there, too? They still got Raheem Mostert, the um, running back. They from, do. They from, do. From, one of the fa- from Purdue, and Purdue yeah, originally. He's yeah. a speed demon, too, man. They are just loaded with speed. It's crazy. Uh, and it's like a track team. It is attractive. But when you talk about force multipliers on the Texas offense or any offense, I mean, as a defensive coordinator, you're freaked out because those guys are house calls. All it takes is one guy to miss a tackle or somebody to slip or one missed assignment, and boom, there's no margin for error when you got that much speed on the field. Remember back when when, when Tyreek the Freak was in KC, Bill Belichick would always say, because Belichick's mindset is to always take away your your, your, your best, best thing, right? Make and, you beat beat him left handed. And Belichick yeah. was always big on we got to stop Tyreek Hill. I mean, we got to double him. We had mm-hmm. to have to because that guy can beat us in a flash. And so that would you know then you, you can't deal with Travis Kelsey and all the other weapons. Well, if you have Tyreek Hill now there, and then you have Jalen Waddle, <laughs> and who's who's a who's a starter kit for Tyreek Hill. Uh, and then you have now this Devin A. Chain and Raheem Mostert. So any running back you have in there, your safety's got to be so deep. Yeah, think about you. I mean, just just for caution, just to couldn't make it. Now nah, we got to have y'all guys deep in case our guys get beat because they will. And I don't want to say that they, that Jimbo Fisher at A and M didn't use him, but that, you know Texas fans criticized Sark for not using Bijan enough in key games. I mean Devin A. Chain 
How do you score no points against Appalachian State when you have those dudes? Because he's running an offense from 1983. I know. I know. It's the most most antiquated offense in all of major college football. So Bobby Petrino being there, that's one of the biggest stories in college football. If Bobby Petrino brings a modernized offense to A&M with all the talent they got, exactly, that could be be scary. That could be dangerous. And will will Jimbo let him unleash it? That's also the question. Will Jimbo allow him to call all the plays without being micromanaged? That's also a question. Well, you but know, t- to your point about the speed, though, real quick, it made me think about uh, Nick Saban before the uh, the Texas national title game against uh, Alabama, mm-hmm. and and one of the pregame like uh, media availabilities when he's talking about players that he needs to keep his eyes on, he doesn't he he, he says numbers because he's a coach and he's watching film, and so he doesn't really get into the rosters and names of players. He's not watching broadcasts, and he said we got to watch twenty six. He was talking about DJ Monroe. DJ I Monroe. <laughs> yeah, he was like, it, it, out of nowhere, he's like, "No, nah, I don't watch that dude. Cause that dude can run." Like, because coaches are concerned about that guy that can be a house call instantly. And he was one of those guys back then at that time. Um, I think Marquise Goodwin was on that team too. So yeah, he, he was worried about two of those guys that being basically that that dude, know, that dynamic, that dude. Yeah, and Miami with Mike McDaniel came from that Kyle Shanahan tree of you know coaches. He and Robert Sala, now Debico Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he. He wants to pressure you with speed. I yep. mean, it just the Blitz South, you with it. You know, the the South Florida track team coming at you, and they're talented too. And Devin A. Chain adds to that, so it'll be interesting to see. And then Bijan, we're in number seven. What type of run does he get in the Atlanta side of that game? Uh, looking forward to that. Also, Roshan Johnson will make his debut tomorrow with the Bears. Uh, Bears are playing. They um, love Rojo up there. I I I think I read the uh, the comments, I, and I'll go find them again. There's some comments that a scout made about Rojo. I saw those back when the yeah, draft we'll, day. We'll play, play those. Maybe we'll uh, read those on Monday, and we're reviewing, recapping. But man, they were like emotional uh, evaluations about how much they loved Rojo and thought he was going to be the perfect Chicago Bear. Well, <laughs> think about it again. I'm not comparing Rashawn Johnson to Walter Payton. As a running back, but that's the kind of dude he is, right? Walter Payton was so loved in that city because he was such a hard nosed player. Blue collar. He played yeah. like they thought. Right? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> exactly. Come on. City with big shoulders. Let's go. Yep. Uh, Dick Butkus was that way. Of course, mm-hmm. Jalen Ford, one of the uh, on the watch. Erlacher was Butkus like that. Way. All the great uh, Bears were like, they had that kind of same Mike Ditka. persona. Ditka. Ditka. Ditka was their coach. <laughs> Ditka. And you know, Roshan Johnson's going to be in that room. I agree like, with you. He's on that. just. That's and, why they haven't had a great quarterback. Well, and, they be worried about hard nosed football. Well, you're talking about the opposite. <laughs> the opposite. The flip side of that coin was Jay Cutler. They hated Jay. They Cutler. hated they smoking Jay Cutler <laughs> because he was such a laissez-faire dude. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're right. hey man, and like, not oh, man. We need some Jim McMahon they up in here. Grit. They we want, want grit. Some, yeah, yeah. You're right. That's Give me some point. of that Chicago grit. That's a and, fa- that's a community thing. That's a city thing. And and uh, Roshan brings that in spades, without a doubt. Uh, that Bears are playing uh, uh, Bears. Tennessee. Tennessee. Oh, actually, Tennessee. I want to see what. I mean, you're not going to see much. Noon, of that's course, noon. that's NFL Network noon. So you can watch that game. NFL Network has it at noon. So the cool part about NFL Network is you can find this channel. They've got a game at noon, which is Chicago mm-hmm. playing Tennessee. So you get to see Roshan. Then they've got Carolina and the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. Probably won't play. Jets playing their second game. Carolina. Probably That's see Bryce, Bryce Young. Hell yeah, I want to see that. That's 3 o'clock he'll NFL look Network. Than, he'll look better than C.J. Stroud. Cowboys play the uh, <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars at 4 o'clock on Saturday. So you get that. And then also on NFL Network on Saturday night at 6 o'clock, you've got Philadelphia and Baltimore. Philadelphia, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. I wonder how much we'll see. Because uh, John Harbaugh is hinting that he might play. 
So he, they're well, playing Philadelphia. Well, actually, which, he's not going to play any of the starters. I take that back. He's not playing any of the starters. But they're yeah. twenty-three and zero in their last twenty-three yeah. preseason games. Baltimore, isn't that right? Yes, he is. Yeah, he's got the record. That might be Ty's pick of the night coming up. Remember, they're not playing any starters at all, though. He did say that. They're not playing any starters. It's the Rams, I think. Nobody's had more injuries in camp the last couple of years in Baltimore, for crying out loud, especially that the running true. back. No question. And then the other last NFL Network game, you got a quadruple <laughs> header of NFL Network preseason games if you need them on Saturday with the Chargers and the Rams. Both L.A. teams will mm-hmm. play. Uh, there's a little bit. And then Sunday they go doubleheader with Kansas City, New Orleans, and then Vegas hosting San Francisco. Also, yeah, so Jimmy Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Jimmy oh, G. His old yeah. team. There you go. So little Brock need, Purdy thrown in there. If you need your football, it's coming your way. And again, it's preseason mm. football, so glean what you what you oh, can. Oh man, it's all right. It is all right. It's still it's football. Fr- I can say it's still football, man. By the way, before we get to your Rod's rant, and to bottom of the hour, it's number sixteen on our Ian Rod B. Horn Top Twenty Countdown. Yesterday we we're at TCU. We're staying in the Big Twelve and. Yes, we may have to play a little bit of that fight song everybody hates so much. Mm, it'll be brief. We'll it'll be brief. Be brief. Yeah. But uh, before we get to your rant, Rod, can I ask Ty from our conversation about space sex before the top of the hour? Space sex. What is the dreidel? What is oh. the dreidel? Yeah, when Chan asked about that, he's like, what the hell is that? You said the, the karma, dirty dreidel? You said the, tar- no, hold on, mm, Tama. You said I the Karma Sutra. Well, the Kama Sutras. I think most people know what that is. I don't think the, dry, the dreidel is in the Kama Sutra. But the dreidel, a dreidel <laughs> is a four-sided spinning top well, with a pointed bottom. It's used during Hanukkah, the Jewish holiday, to play a game. That's not what he was talking about. So that's what I'm like. What is the dreidel? He had something different. Yeah, I didn't know. Think I heard, of the spinning. You got an urban dictionary. Think it. of spinning. Urban dictionary, people. It, it'll explain it to you. Spinning top? Spinning top. Yes. Small spinning, spinning bottom. top. Spinning bottom. Spinning. Okay. <laughs> That's as far as I'll go, look it up on Urban Dictionary. Yeah, you go. Yeah, you go. Thank you, Ty. Look it up on the Urban Dictionary. Four sided spinning top. How to play the dreidel. I will say I will the, get if you go to Ty's uh Twitter page, <laughs> they'll teach you how to play and do the dreidel. <laughs> uh don't, you might hurt yourself, so make sure you stretch first. The uh, space dreidel. Uh, we can do like the cradle. I would, I would say this about the SpaceX, though, if they're, if they're serious about it. They are. There's going to be a company, an adult entertainment company, I guarantee you, that is going to try to be the first couple having sex in space that can be, like, televised, not televised, but that can Made be aired, that can be videoed. And they're going to try, I guarantee you, I'm just making a prediction, they're going to try to make it like a worldwide event where they're the first uh, humans having sex in space, well, that we know of. Uh, you sound like the two biggest stars from the industry. Whatever up there. it is, and it'll be like you can live stream it. All right, first. Uh, it was it, a Bucky. It was of Lisa Ann or whatever. Yes, it'll be the first <laughs> sexual experience for humans in space. You can live stream it, and honestly, it might end up being one of the most watched adult entertainment, you know, entertainment uh, ventures ever. I guess I'm t- somebody's going. If they make this, re- if they make this a kind of a regular thing that you can actually get up into oh, the no. the you know into space wherever it is, and you can have sex. And they're trying to you know monetize it. I guarantee you, that's going to be an adult entertainment company that's going to take that idea. If they can monetize, yeah, because yeah. It, it'll be it would be more watched than the Zuckerberg Elon Musk fight. There, you know how many <laughs> people around the world who are you know into like fat, different fetish stuff and stuff like that. Yeah, my man, zero paper, gravity, pay per view, preview SpaceX. Yeah, pay per view SpaceX. That's exactly what it is. You pay a little five dollar fee and it'll live question. stream for like two hours, and boom, you'll get it. Big question is, will they be doing the dreidel? 
Yeah, they'll do it all. They're going to do it all. They're going to take requests. You're going to be like, you know what? I'll give you $1,000. Try, try this. And they'll be like, we're going to try it. All right, here we go, people. Hey, do the Neil Armstrong. They, Plant the flag. <laughs> Plant the flag. They'll be coming. Plant the flag. It's going to be one of the most watched uh, events in human history. Love that. <laughs> first, first space sex pornographic movie. <laughs> hey, don't, uh, don't tell, what is it, Jeff Bezos? Give Bezos this word. He'll be like, I'll do it with my, hot, do it. Gr- my hot girlfriend. <laughs> Got a hot girlfriend. Let's go. How much money are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm in. Sign me up. He does keep himself in good shape, though. Jeff Dre- Oh, Jeff yeah, Bezos Jeff, he like takes, takes his shirt off all the time. He yeah. ripped. Okay, so uh, bottom of the hour, number 16 in the countdown before the end of the hour. Who said that? Who said that? Yeah, including uh, some stuff from Hard Knocks the other night. Let's, though, get to the rant. Steam is mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, oh you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, some of you guys' comments on the Specs text line. I, we cannot read them, but we, we appreciate them. We appreciate them. You guys you are can't hilarious. Can't read them, appreciate them. Can't read them, but we appreciate them. Uh, okay, so uh, last uh, Raj round of the day, we talked about the uh, Texas defense a little bit, and I actually got into uh, the conversation about splash plays, havoc plays, they call them, and havoc rates. And turns out last year, actually, Texas defense took a huge step because they actually led the Big 12 in what they call havoc rate, which is the amount of splash plays you make. And we're talking about um, forced fumbles. We're talking about sacks, uh, tackles for loss, uh, you know, interceptions, PBUs, those kinds of things. Um, so go go check it out. And we podcast, podcast it. Uh, go check it out because it is a really good breakdown that I gave about splash plays. And by the way, Jalen Ford led the Big 12 in Havoc plays among defenders in the Big 12. So Texas doing really good. But they're going to need more of those Havoc plays. And they're going to need their Havoc rate to increase even more if they're going to take the leap from being a good defense to being a great defense to an elite defense. Now, when was the last time Texas had an elite defense on the 40 acres? Elite? Elite. Or great. Some people say it the same thing. Great elite. defense elite. Probably Will Muschamp, uh, you're right. 08. Yeah, you're right. 2009, is, 2009 is probably the last one. Jordan Hicks, what year was that? That was a pretty good deal. Like 2013? That was, was 2014. Right, 2014? That was a good one. Let's go away from that the was video. A, we don't want to talk about videos. Yeah, but that was a, <laughs> that was a good defense. See, and I think last year you had a good defense. You were 28th in scoring defense in 2022. In 2017, you were 30th. In 2014, you were 32nd. In 2011, you were 34th. To me, that's good, not great. Great means you're top 20. Elite probably means you're top 10, right? Elite probably means you're top 10. Um, great means you're top 20. I think you're good if you're top 30 to 40. And Texas has been good like four times since 2009, which was the last time they were great. And 2005, you were elite. Yeah. All right, because you were ninth in the country. You were 12th in 2009. And, hell, even when Rod B was on the campus, I played on elite defenses three different times. Yeah. We were second, fifth, and eighth in the country in scoring defense in my last three years on the Fort Acres. So my question is, how far is Texas from being a great defense or an elite defense? I talked about how you got to have more havoc plays. They had 14 takeaways last year, and PK says they missed 21 opportunities to get uh, to get you know other takeaways uh, of, of of a different sort, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, interceptions, whatever. Um, they had 27 sacks, and PK said they missed 13 sacks that they counted. They just missed them. 
So they'll, they'll have to cash in on more of those types of plays. The, the money plays. You can talk about this too, money downs. All right, we talked about havoc plays, but how about money downs? That's third and fourth down. Texas was eighth in the uh, Big Twelve in third down defense last season, and they were, uh, if you go look at it, seventh in fourth down defense. So they can get at those two areas they can improve on, which could make them uh, a defense that goes from good to great, or even great to elite. You have more havoc plays from more of your havoc, you know, havoc defenders. And you also are better on the money downs, third and fourth down. Right now, you're below average. You're below average in money downs. You're below average uh, right now, if you go look at it, in passing defense overall. So there are ways for this defense to even take to take even more steps, uh, you know, more steps of improvement that could take them from being a good defense, which they are now. Like I said, you go look at it, uh, good defense. They were top 30. That is good. But it's not great an elite, and I think for Texas to really be thinking about a championship squad, they got to go from a good to a great defense, and that's what I wonder if they can do it this season. Yeah, we'll see. I think they'll take another step. I still think they're missing some pieces, but uh, can I play a piece of sound for you here in your rant but that kind of goes along with this? Yeah. Because uh, Jalen Ford is one of those Havoc players, right? Yes, he's, he's, forced... he's, the, he's the best Havoc player, Havoc defender in the Big 12. He had more Havoc plays than any other defender well, in the Big 12. And an availability yesterday, Jalen Ford was asked about Anthony Hill, who's going to be playing next to him at times this year. This is interesting. Anthony Hill, the freshman from Denton. We just talked last hour about Colin Simmons, who will be a freshman next year. Uh, Jalen Ford, who's now emerged as a leader on the defense, the leader of the defense, was asked yesterday about the freshman and uh, what he's seen. He's doing a pretty good job right there along with Leona. I think him as well, just trying to get under our wings and trying to learn, you know, everything that we've already learned kind of so he can, you know, get the ball rolling faster, um, you know, than we did. I think uh, Ant has a natural ability to just go get the ball. He has uh, raw strength, raw talent. And I think for him, just him being able to uh, develop, you know, keep developing as an off-the-ball linebacker for him is going to be great. So far, he's been doing good, and he just got to keep learning. That's just part of the game. Mentioned Leona LaFowle, too. Mm-hmm. No, and Anthony Hill's supposed to be one of those guys, one of those, you know, perennial playmakers, a havoc player that we've been discussing. And that's good. He situationally, remember, Sark says he's to, he's him and Byron Murphy are the best pass rushers on the team. That's what Sark said. So they got to play him. He's got to be out there situationally, at least in predictable passing situations. And that's when you're hoping to see early on some of that playmaking ability. Well, that reminds me of the sound we played earlier this week from Micah Parsons telling that advice to DeMarvion Overshone. Look, mm-hmm. do what you do good right now. You do that really good. Yep. You go get the ball really good. The other stuff will come, but don't hesitate on that. And one of the cuts we heard earlier this week from Sark about our next the conversation is Jalen Catalan. Uh, what what Sark says is when he reads it, he goes, right? When when Jalen Catalan reads it, he doesn't hesitate. It's just go. I read mm-hmm. the play. I got my cues. Let's hear Jalen Ford on Jalen Catalan, who could be another one. If, we're, if you're going to take the defense from good to elite or great, yep. Havoc players, is Jalen Catalan a Havoc player? Here's uh, Jalen Ford, the leader on defense, asked about that yesterday. Cat, uh, you know, ever since he's came in, like you said, you know, the communication has stood out just because of how loud he is. And when, as a defense when more people communicate, the better the defense is because we're all on the same page. Um, you never want to have somebody doing something different, you know. And then for him just to come in and um, kind of just accept the role of, you know, being a vocal guy. Uh, and, you know, he knows he makes mistakes, but he's, he, he fixes them quick and he gets out there and he helping, he's helping those other guys. 
And then one thing about Cat that I really notice is just his ability to break on the ball. Um, he's always he's always ready to you know come down as a safety, and he's not you know he's not afraid of contact. And that's what I love about Cat. I'm on top of being vocal. So there you go. Is it what can take it to yeah. to the next level? Havoc players. Yeah, they they need more of the because Jalen Ford, like I said, they got back the best havoc player, havoc defender in the Big Twelve. He had 19 total havoc plays last year. That includes interceptions, like I said, fumbles, forced fumbles. I mean, uh, PBUs, just really big, big time splash plays on defense. And then save some games, Rod. I mean, he won games. Won games. He like, won. He straight won up won you games. games. I believe he forced a turnover in like six straight games, or a takeaway in six straight games, or responsible for one. So he's a he's your top playmaker. You lost one though at Demarvin Overshawn. He was top ten as well. He was ninth. Uh, you lost him. Deshaun Jameson actually was thirty third among Big Twelve defenders in havoc plays, and he's gone. But Jade Barron. Also kind of reminds me of that description by Jalen Ford of uh, Jalen Catalan because he also is a, a player that plays with no fear. And he really does use, I mean, you can tell he utilizes his instincts and believes and trusts his instincts as a player. That's why he had 11 and a half tackles for loss last year at DB, which isn't supposed to happen. I mean, only I, I counted three DBs in the country with more tackles for loss than Jade Barron. And it hasn't happened at Texas, a DB having that many tackles for loss since 1978. That's the last time. Oh. So. He's a guy that he, he's definitely going to be one of your playmakers. But I think that's going to be the key for him, though, is having more of those guys. Jaron Thompson needs to be one of those guys. You just brought up Jalen Catalan. You know, Baron Sorrell needs to be another one of those guys that becomes one of these havoc players. He should be ranked when I'm doing this next season in this top 33 of players who are wreaking the most havoc in the Big 12. I agree. And I, you know, I'm not speaking anything the Longhorn fans don't know. How many times have you watched the Longhorns in, in recent years, last five years or so? And there's a ball in the air, and you're just like, go make a play. Go Somebody it. go make a play. Go make a play. Jade Barron makes plays. Jalen Catalan will go make plays. Jalen Ford will go make plays. One other note in Rod's rant. How about this? Last Earlier, uh, gosh, it was a month or so ago, we had a chance to talk to Derek Johnson. Uh, Derek oh, yeah. Johnson came Love on the show. Love me some DJ, baby. It's my dog. Yeah. How, long did you, how many years did you play with DJ? I played with DJ for three years. Was about right? a Havoc he came player. in 2000? No, 2000. Was it one to me, to, to me, he's the, the best Havoc player I've ever covered at Texas, causing Havoc, causing fumbles, causing turnovers. He's that good. Well, Derek Johnson's been hanging around. He told us he's yeah. been hanging around down at the facility talking to Jalen Ford. Now, Jalen Ford was announced as on the watch list for the Butkus Award. Butkus Award goes to the best linebacker nationally every year. Jalen's on that list, rightfully, as the preseason defensive, defensive player of the year in the conference. And uh, the only other Longhorn ever to win the Buckus Award is Derek Johnson. Yeah. And Jalen Ford was asked about the impact that uh, talking to Derek Johnson, DJ, has had for him. DJ has actually kind of given us a lot of uh, a lot of cues and like you know things he picked up. And he always tells us, you know, he didn't he didn't pick it up when he was our age, but like he picked it up along the way, you know, and having the success he had in his career. And I think just him being able to give it to us now is huge for us. And you know him, you know, he's always. Uh, um, in there, you know, uh, helping us, giving us cues. Uh, he's watching our film, coming back to us, telling us, like, that we could do this better, we could do that better. Um, and I think it's really been a huge um, bonus to have him uh, kind of. Wow. Yeah, I know to come around and punch it. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to perfect it. Yeah. There it yeah, is. DJ had that, that. That was a move that he brought to Texas. From yeah. Waco. That 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 well, that tomahawk chop, whatever it was he did, he brought that to us and then Texas started practicing it, but he was doing it naturally. He that was. was his own like signature move 
as a line as a linebacker and a defender. I hosted Derrick Johnson actually on his visit. Love me some Derrick Johnson. I I think he'd have went here to Texas even without me hosting him. But uh, Mac wanted a closer on Derrick Johnson. He said we got to get this. We got to get this guy. We won't. We'll never be able to be a national title contender if we don't get Derrick Johnson. He said that, and he was right. Yeah, that dude was that damn good. He was a program changing recruit. Well, that's and what you want. They're hoping Colin Simmons can be that kind of guy, too. Yeah, Colin Simmons yesterday, Anthony Hill. Anthony Hill, yeah. Those type of players. All right, we'll be back when we do. It's the uh, Ian Rod B. Horn Top 20 Countdown. We are at number 16 uh, on a Friday, of course. We'll be into the top 15 next week. But, uh, yeah, we're going north of the Red River coming up. And uh, we may have to play a little bit of a song everyone hates coming next. <gasps> Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin's all-sports leader, The Horn. Coming up for the top of the hour, who said that? Who said that? We'll find out. Also, a special edition of Who Said That, because we're going to have Who Sang That? Who Sang That? Oh, that's new. That's new. We can be Mm -hmm. versatile. (laughs) Uh, We will also uh, get back into the NFL games from last night. What can we reveal, if anything, or take from the uh, Texans win? Uh, also looking forward to the games. And thanks to the texture who sent us this crazy picture from Cowboys practice of Deuce Vaughn standing next to a bunch of tall dudes. It's amazing. <laughs> he is so small. And Tony Pollard's in front of him. And Tony Pollard's not that tall, but Tony Pollard's at least, what? A foot taller. Yeah, he looks like he's like an old foot taller. That is a great picture, man. It looks like we're middle school wow. out here. So. He looks, it looks like a little kid gets to practice with the Dallas Cowboys. But don't get mistaken, he will put you in the spin cycle. <laughs> Break your ankles. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I mean, you know, Mike Fisher, who covers the Cowboys, has for a long time up there in the Metroplex. He's not working for Sports Illustrated, but, uh, you know, he's because he, he, people are asking him, is he going to make the team? He, he, he's going to be an impact player. This I was like, he's gonna, no, he's definitely going to make the team. Which means in the preseason game tomorrow at 4 o'clock, you're going to see Deuce Vaughn playing. I mean, because this is his time to shine, right? His time to do do work. I could see him killing it in the preseason just because he'll be going up against guys who are also just trying to make the team. And, you know, when Helpman Deuce, his elite ability, uh, there's a great book. I think it's called The Obstacle is the Way. It's a great book. It basically says that uh, uh, all the things within your skill set and all of the shortcomings that you were born with, um, your, your ability to overcome those obstacles will, make, will turn you into a really uh, elite person or it'll refine your skill set in some way. I love that. Like, so Deuce Vaughn, his shortcomings, literally because he's short, <laughs> all right, and being able to still achieve at a high level, but he had to overcome the obstacle of being short in the midst of all these elite athletes, it actually has now sharpened his skill set to the point where it's almost a super, super skill for him, the fact that he's so short because he runs behind the line and you can't see him. Can't find him. Until he breaks and it's a little too and late he when he breaks. And he gone. And I remember this because remember the kid, Quinn Griffin from, from Oklahoma? Oh, I, I remember Quinn he Griffin. He was the same way. He, Quinn he might, Griffin just scored again. He might have been the same height. But you trust me, you would we'd be looking for him. And I swear Oklahoma would, they would situate him where you couldn't see him. They'd pull a lineman yeah, out. They'd run that little pooper scooper yeah, handoff. And play. you couldn't see him until he already darted out. I'm like, damn it, man. It was like four, five yards well, every time. You, you just said it because fans in the stands are going, How come you can't tackle this? Like, guy? I can't see him. I don't know where he's at. <laughs> I don't know where he's at. And if you take the wrong angle, you, you're screwed. Yeah, well, he scored a lot of touchdowns. And low pad touches. level wins, I'm telling you guys. It ain't as easy as it looks when those get guys out there. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get to see Deuce Vaughn tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, Quentin Griffin playing oh, for the man. team that uh, is number 16 
in our countdown on the way to number one, coming off a rough season in year one for Brett Venables. And they turn it around. Let's talk some Oklahoma football. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I hate this. Yeah, I know. We have to do it. Once a year, Rod. Once a year. Come on. Be brief with this thing. All right. Ah, earmuffs. 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 There you Uh. go. All right, there we go. <laughs> the beauty has been in here at all, really, last year. Let's go really, to the Vaqueros <laughs> Outline. A, a great guest of ours who's also a great sport when he comes on and talks Texas, Oklahoma, and the Big 12 and the Longhorns, <laughs> our buddy Tyler McComas, uh, doing great work on the ref up there, ref radio in Oklahoma City, uh, all things uh, Oklahoma football. What's up, Tyler? How hey, are Tyler. you? Hey, Aaron. You and I have done countless radio hits together, uh-huh. and I don't think that I've ever told you that my first ever four-letter word that I uttered out loud was because of Rod Babers in the 2002 OU Texas game. <laughs> so, Rod, thank you for that memory, man. When you were going the other way with House the call. there as a 12-year-old, yeah, that, that's, that's the first time I ever said it. That didn't end well for me, but that was my first one. <laughs> Rod that B. is fantastic. And you know what really sucks, though? Uh, we lost the damn game. We lost the game in the end. <laughs> So you see, so way to lose that game. Uh, maybe the most frustrating play for Texas fans, the way I understand it, Quentin Griffin just magically standing there at the oh. three yard line to pick up a fumble and run it and run oh. it. In. God, brutal. Yeah, I'm sorry to bring up that name for Texas fans because he he was a he was a nightmare Texas. figure for Texas yeah, and football that's in that yeah. series. I mean, he was Quentin Griffin, and there is some similarity there to Deuce Vaughn a little bit. I think with uh, he was, I think he was smallest like that. He was real small. Is that right? That, you remember him, Tyler? Uh, you talking about Quentin Griffin or Deuce Vaughn? Quentin Griffin. Quentin, Quentin Griffin liked Deuce oh, a little Quentin bit. Griffin was really small, really small, but he could he could squat an entire house essentially. <laughs> I mean, he was super strong and had the unique ability with the way that his body type was to where just when you think he was going to go down, he put his right hand yes! on the turf yes! to be able to keep himself up and get ten fifteen extra yards. Right. Um, I actually put this out this morning. Quentin Griffin is three games against Texas. Rod earmuffs again for this. Oh, no. Uh, Quentin Griffin scored nine touchdowns against Texas from 01, or excuse me, from 2000 to 02. Texas scored seven as a team. Oh, come on. Why you do that to me, Tyler? Come on. Did you have that stat ready to go? Where'd you get that stat from, man? Nine to seven. I got I got all the time. I got I got too much time on my hands. <laughs> That's a great stat. It's it's a sad one. All right, Tyler. We've talked a lot about Oklahoma uh, the year last year. Obviously, three and zero, and then the you know the kind of floor fell out of the season for Brett Venables. A lot of changes, a lot of additions through the portal, or another recruiting class, and a year you know more knowledgeable about the program. Uh, we have them at sixteen in our preseason. They're picked right there, you know, second, third in the Big Twelve. Do you think that's about right, or what's your anticipation about the Sooners coming up? Yeah, I think where you have them in your preseason poll, uh, where they came in the coaches' poll earlier this week, where they're picked in the Big Twelve. I, I think after last year, I think it's, I think it's totally fair. I mean, I'll, 
Aaron, you know where I'm going to go right here. I, I think that their schedule is probably the most favorable schedule that I've seen in my lifetime, as it sits right now. Hmm. And they feel pretty confident, or at least sound pretty confident as the staff, they're going to be a lot better than they were a year ago. They keep saying competitive depth, uh, whether it's Venables or, or Levy or Ted Roof, the defensive coordinator. Everyone is saying that they're in a much different place than they were a year ago. And kind of reports out of training camp here, Bob Stoops comes on our show every single Tuesday, and then my co-host is Teddy Lehman. They were both at practice earlier this week and then over the weekend. And the thing that both of those guys said that sticks out to them the most is just the overall size on the defense. I think they had maybe one player, one defensive lineman last year that was over 300 pounds. Now they're like six players that are 300 pounds uh, or heavier. Um, I think the safeties got a chance to be real good this year. The secondary as a whole got a chance to be real good. So is, is this one of the great Oklahoma teams of the past? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think that. And, and I don't think that we're going to get to that point this year. But do I feel like this is going to be a team that is much better than a year ago? I do feel that way, but they were their own worst enemy at times last year. And if they can avoid that, if they can make the, the plays late that they didn't a year ago, then I think that you might see a team that can win 10 games this year. Hey, Tyler, let me ask you, because I saw a, a nice stat uh, that 97 of the 123 players on the roster for Oklahoma are going to be in the first or second season, second year players. So, uh, Venables has done a great job of turning over that roster. How has he uh, constructed this roster? Has, it been most, has, he, has he hit the transfer portal heavy? Has it been a mix of that and recruiting? Um, what have been your thoughts about how he has remade this roster in two years? Yeah, both of those. Um, and I, especially, I think especially up front of the defensive line, you're going to see a lot of transfers. Mm-hmm. Dejon Perry, uh, transfer from Tennessee, making a lot of noise so far this training camp. you got Trace Ford, who was at Oklahoma State last year. you got Rondell Bothroyd, who's had or had a really nice career at Wake, and I think he's going to be your, one of your main pass rushers. So when you look at D-line edge rusher, you're going to see a lot of transfer portal players. But you're also going to see a true freshman who is a five-star in T.J. Adabare. So your question is, how did they rebuild the roster? I think just that. There's a lot of true freshmen that are going to play this year. I think Josiah Wagner, a kid from the state of Washington, is going to play a lot at corner. Peyton Bowen, who you guys are probably familiar with, a former five-star from up there in Denton, um, got a chance to start this year. So there's probably – we went down the list yesterday – I think a safe number to assume in terms of like, you know, quality playing time for true freshmen this year is probably going to be around six. That was a top five recruiting class last year. I think five, six is a good number of true freshmen that are going to see significant snaps this year. And you'll see a whole lot of portal guys, especially on that defense. Excuse me, and Brett Venables, obviously, with his defensive background at Clemson, able to, to go get those guys and knowing, because, I mean, Texas hung 49 on them uh, kind of easily. You know, TCU put 55 on them the week before that. It, it was a defense, it was just lacking in playmakers. And, um, you know, and, but, you know, I'll give Brett Venables this, kind of like Steve Sarkeesian in year one here, where he went five and seven. You know, he said, I only get one chance to install this system. I only get one chance to install the culture. And Brett Venable's kind of the same way on defense. We're installing the defense we're going to run. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt us in year one, but we're going to bring in the players that help us run this, this philosophy, run this scheme. And it sounds like the portal has been good to them in that regard to be uh, much improved on that side of the ball. Tyler McComas is with us. He is the host of The Rush on the Ref. Two to six. You mentioned Teddy Lehman. Bob Stoops joins that show every week. That's 94-7 in OKC. What about the other side of the ball, Tyler? Offense. Dylan Gabriel's the quarterback we know. 
Uh, former Longhorn now, Brennan Stewart or Brennan Thompson has transferred up there. Uh, what's uh, who are the star players? Who are going to be the guys that are going to you know put put points on the board for Oklahoma this year? They're going to be really good at running back. Uh, Barnes and Sawchuck are both back uh, from last year. Both were true freshmen a year ago. If you go back and watch the bowl game against Florida State, that's really the first game that Gavin Sawchuck really got a ton of carries. He he looked the part, guys. He he had a very costly fumble in that game. But outside of that, he he really looked the part. Barnes is, I think, a stud. Maybe the next great running back they have here. Um, They got a true freshman by the name of Caleb Hicks that has looked outstanding as well. Marcus Major is back. Tawie Walker, a guy from last year who has a he has a unique body type. He's back. So running backs, running backs not going to be an issue. The questions are what's really what's going to happen at wide receiver. Mims is gone from a year ago, but even Marvin Mims, like compared to his first two years at OU, he just had some weird drops a year ago. I just he just wasn't himself for whatever reason. They've got to develop a true number one wide receiver. Who's the favorite for that right now? Guys, your guess is as good as mine. It could be anyone from Jalil Farouk, who returns from last year, to someone like an Andrew Anthony, who's a Michigan transfer and a speedster on the outside. Um, Brent Venables did say that Gavin Freeman, who was a freshman walk-on last year, was the best wide receiver they had in the spring. And to quote him, it wasn't even close. So there, there's, there's four or five names that you could pick out of a hat right now to be the leading receiver, the number one receiver. I, I do think in Dylan Gabriel, he's, he, he's been criticized a lot up here this offseason. He wasn't Baker. He wasn't Kyler Murray. He wasn't Jalen Hurts. So I think that plays into it. But he missed a lot of layups last year, a lot of easy throws that should have been touchdowns, guys wide open, and he just overthrows them. I think Gabriel is going to be better this year, and, and here's why. You know, I, I don't think that he is Jalen Daniels running around as a dual-threat quarterback. I don't, I don't think he's that at all. But I do think Gabriel is a capable runner. The problem was, last year, they didn't really let the quarterback run game loose a year ago because we all saw what happened the moment that he went down. It was a complete and utter disaster in the Cotton Bowl throwing out a guy like Davis Bevel where OU had to pray just to get a first down. They were scared to death of getting Gabriel hurt after that. They didn't really allow him to run the ball maybe as much as they want to. Well, you got a five-star freshman in Jackson Arnold. He's your backup quarterback. They have said all offseason that he's the future of the program, the guy that's going to lead you to the, in the SEC. And I think it's important that they feel a lot better about their backup quarterback because I think the quarterback run game is going to be opened up a lot more this year by Jeff Levy. And if you go back and look at his last year at Ole Miss, Matt Corral was running the ball a ton there, a ton. I think in a game against Tennessee, he ran the ball 30 times in one game. I'm not saying to expect that from Dylan Gabriel, but expect the quarterback run game to be more of a focal part of the offense this year. I already told you what I think about running back. I think this running game has a chance to be pretty good. I do. The question overall offensively, can they develop a legitimate number one wide receiver? It's the biggest question of the offense, guys, and it's probably the biggest question of the entire team for me. Well, well, there it is. That's the rundown. Defense should be improved and certainly bigger up front with a great secondary. Linebackers need to develop there for sure, but also uh, Javante Barnes at running back, Gavin Sawchuk at running back strengths. Offensive line is solid. Austin Stogner at tight end. You'll know that name. And then they're looking for receivers for sure for Dylan Gabriel. And uh, obviously if Dylan Gabriel were to go down this year, you got Jackson Arnold, the five-star quarterback mm-hmm. recruit. All right,
number 16 there with Oklahoma. Uh, Tyler, thanks so much. I know you had uh, you told me you had the first day of school yesterday for your youngsters. Congrats on Congrats. that. That's always a big moment. Nice. And uh, always appreciate your conversation. Yeah, always, guys. And, hey, we got another taste of what's coming in the SEC this morning. Uh, Maine was revealed. The University of Maine was revealed on the 2024 non-conference schedule, and it sounds like that one could be played in November. So we always make fun of the SEC for playing terrible non-con games in November. Sounds like OU might be playing Maine. Been playing the Black Bears? Win in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> I also saw a home and home with Houston, U of H, which is kind of oh, cool. Right. I think that's, uh, that's a pretty cool thing. Hey, thank you, Tyler. Tyler, you're the man. Yeah, you bet. About that, his first curse word in front wow. of his parents was Rod your B. fault. Hey, <laughs> your to fault. the house, baby. Hey, I, and I, I remember the feeling after I took that. I to was the at house. the game. I, I was standing on top of the press box oh, watching and you we, take I believe it to the we house. Fourteen three at that point, yes, and I were. kept thinking to myself, "All right, Robbie." We're gonna win. We're finally gonna beat Oklahoma, and you're gonna be a big reason why. Let's just keep going. And the next freaking play for Oklahoma. Actually, not the next play because they had an extra point. Then the next play after that, they ran a kickoff return to the all the way back to the red zone. Now, I think they stopped them like right before that, but then they end up scoring, and then all the momentum from my pick six, gone. Oh. Yeah, that was Loot. one of the first Texas oh. OU games I went to, and I remember Brutal. And that was back when you could stand outside on top of the press box and just look down on everything, but you could hear everything because you were uh, not okay. inside the glass confines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was unbelievable. I that was my first real experience with the momentum shift of Rodney's pick to that to like, oh my gosh. Yes. yes. I mean, you could feel it was palpable. You oh, could feel it. Big time. You got sucked out of the stadium. And Longhorn fans, they were so high. I remember this look at the stadium. People were losing their minds. <laughs> yes. And then they're like two plays later, Longhorn fans were in agony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how that game goes. That's why it's such a treat every year, Brutal. even at uh, Texas and Oklahoma. All right, Oklahoma last year was six and seven. They're looking to build on that. Remember, they're three and zero, oh and then finished six and seven on the year. Yes, a lot of work for Brett Venables. We're back. There's uh, number sixteen in our countdown. If you're keeping the score all week long, Texas Tech. North Carolina, Ole Miss, K-State, or TCU, and Oklahoma will be at number 15 on Monday, all the way to number one. Coming back, who said that with Ian Rod B. The Horn. Listen on the Horn app. Hornfm.com. 101.9. AM 1260. Good morning. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers. Mornings. Austin, Texas Sports. The Horn. Yeah, did you want to tell you that? Who told you that? <laughs> uh, okay, so I got one for you. Give, me, give it to me. This is All where right. we uh, play each other audio and sound from places, and you've got to try to figure out, I have to try to figure out who it is. You're never going to guess who this guy is, because honestly, I didn't know who he was either. So it's a, it's a, it's a college football coach. I'll give you that. Good. Power five college football coach. And here's a clip of him doing his best to promote his university's NIL uh, you know, ventures and, his, and their NIL efforts. He's actually giving shout-outs to BMDs, Big Money Boosters and Donors, I believe, in the audio. He's giving shout-outs to some of the sugar daddies for his program. Here is the head coach. Well, first of all, we wouldn't have a football team without Nap Lawrence. And you can put that on every single streaming media you want. Nap Lawrence built our football team. Because what he did when the first day I got hired, we would not have a team. Point blank, zero, we would not have a football team without Nap Lawrence. Right, so to see him out here, that dude's as valuable to the program as anybody on the field. I called him the other day and said, come out on the field, do whatever you want. Without you, we don't have a team. Point blank, simple, because that's the new day and age of college football. 
There you go. Who wouldn't have a team without this guy? This Ooh. guy's our number one booster. All right, he's the guy. Come on, practice, do whatever the hell you want. You own this field. Oh, you want to talk about a player? You talking about a booster? <laughs> <laughs> talking about a booster. Um, all right, uh, you got any guess? You're probably not going to get it. But who is I, it? I, I don't know who that is. It is actually a new head coach of one of the newest members of the Big 12, Kenny Dillingham, 32-year-old coach, head coach of Arizona State. How about that? He's got when when they start the season this year, he's going to be the youngest FBS coach in the country. When they start <laughs> Dang. the season, if we were if we were next year, we were not at uh, Big Twelve football media days this year, the morning show. So, but I wouldn't have been able to pick him out. Like, who's that guy? No, no he's really young. Who's like that he's, dude? Yeah, he's thirty. No. He's thirty-two. And of course, he wouldn't have been there this year. He'll be there next year. Next at year, Big Twelve football yes, media days year. with Arizona yeah, yeah. State. Um, but yeah, there you go. Sun. But he's giving pride. Hey, it's a new world when you when you talk about boosters and donors like that. You just never say stuff like that about boosters oh, yeah, and donors. Here's the Texas. N- in the N- media, N- yeah. NCAA police head just exploded. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> you know, welcome to the new world. I wanted yeah. to play. I I know you already know who this is because we played it earlier. But for our audience, I wanted them to hear it. Phil Mickelson, uh, the gambling allegations. He's not denying them. Here's a piece of audio from just this year. Before a practice round at the Live Tour event with he and Bryson DeChambeau, I don't want you to hear this again on uh, Phil Mickelson how he plays golf. Good. Yeah. What's up? So, what uh, what are we playing for? What are we playing for? I haven't thought about that. You what do you mean you haven't thought about it? Well, what, what were you thinking about? Okay. Well, Cameron and I will play you guys. You and okay. uh, Honor Bond will play a nine holes for a G. Perfect. Uh, straight best ball. Perfect. Uh, and when you're down, when you're closed out, you can press for half. Not the full? Not the full. Okay. So you got to win the match to win. Yeah. And if you want, what we'll do is we'll go 28. If you shoot 28 best ball, uh, it's double. Perfect. I love that. Okay. That sounds or good. Or better. 28 or better. He's played in a lot more of these sorts of things, so he, he knows he knows how to make a deal that works in his favor. You know, we I actually max it at that. I don't ever play for more because okay. I sit, you know, always I want to keep you. it friendly. That's right. Just so you know, Camo and I, we don't do Venmo, PayPal, any of that bullshit. Like Straight cash. cash. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Just so- <laughs> Look, we should make that a drop in. We will. We don't we do that Venmo and that. No, we no, do no, straight, straight cash. cash. <laughs> Just so you know. I love it. He talks like. By the a, way, he talks like a gambler, though. He does. By the way, he said that's usually where I'm, that's where I max it. That's a lie. That no, guy's played. That guy yeah. has played rounds for a lot more than a G mm-hmm. on the front nine. And if you shoot, basically, what he's saying, if you shoot twenty eight or lower, your team, you get to double the money, which means you, oh, you, you double or nothing kind of thing. Yes. Okay. So there's there's Phil. What Someone do you have? Degenerates. Who said that, Rod? Who do you got? Do you know who uh, said no, that? No, that was that was all I had for you. Was that one? Well, uh, let me play that. So this is one. this is a new version. Can we play that? Uh, who sang this? Who sang that? Who sang this? Can I take you to the Dell Diamond last night ahead of Ooh, the okay. Round Rock Express game facing the Al- uh, Albuquerque Isotopes? Uh, Round Rock won the ball game fifteen to one, but this was the national anthem ahead of the game. singing our uh, national anthem? I I can't guess just because, I mean, I don't know enough about the person, but she sounds like she's very talented. Yes, that is one of uh, Craig Flowers, Colonel Retired's three daughters. That's Kathleen. 
Oh, really? Yes, Kathleen Man, Flowers. a talented uh, family there. Very talented. Some good genes in that Very, family. very talented. Westlake he... Choir alumni. Oh, well, you were in the choir, too? Oh, yeah. Didn't you tell, say, Sam Ellinger was in the choir? Everybody on the football team did choir. Why? Westlake. I don't know. <laughs> don't that, know. Was it like for credits or something? Like, uh, you only had to take one fine arts credit, but we all did it all the way through. I did it from fifth grade. To did you guys the... perform? Like compete? Oh, we did a musical every year. Whoa. Hold on. So there are, there like are... months of preparation, practice after, like. And the football players are in the musical? Yeah, football practice in the morning, musical practice after school. Hey, by the way, There's got to be video of this somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got to get video of this. Well, remember, I, I finally saw the end of the Hard Knocks episode, the, the episode one. DeMarcus Ware singing the, the I saw national that. anthem at the Hall of Fame yeah, game. Yeah, that, was, you know, that was awesome. I think he's one. I mean, it wasn't terrible. But it wasn't great. It definitely had a bunch of people around him being like, DeMarcus, you're so good at singing, man. He's never had anybody be like, uh, uh, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, nobody wanted to keep it real but, with but, him. Like, bro, you're mid, man. But, you're just average, bro. But, but Kathleen Flowers <laughs> did a mighty fine job. She was way right better there. than DeMarcus. That's, that's really. T- was she, she the oldest or youngest? She's the oldest. She's the oldest daughter? Okay. Yes. And three three daughters Congrats. she's the, she's the Artie, Artie she was in the choir too every family's got to have a little uh, little arty oh they were all all the, all the girls were in the choir oh they kind of artsy like that that's mm-hmm. good well like that. Uh, who's the daughter with the rev gum that just got Annie married? Annie okay so remember when we were doing the show at uh Onion Creek Club Ron yeah and so Craig came out to do the show with me at Onion Creek Club I went over to do his show on a Saturday morning I believe it was and he came out and he brought Annie because they had a they had to go somewhere after and so we were doing the show. She was going to go over to the putting green. Like two hours later, she's still on grinding on the putting green. What, like, is what she is up? Trying with these? to go pro? What's <laughs> No, she just practiced. Wow. I'm like, I'm like, Craig, what is it with your? What is this grind that they're under? Was it like? Hey. She, just, she just wanted to work on her putting. <laughs> hey, how you do anything is how you do everything. She said, "I wish she wasn't. She wasn't happy with her putting." Damn right. Didn't get it right. Work on it. I like that. Like, I'm like, doesn't she want to go over to the driving range, hit bombs? Those hit ladies. them bombs? Those ladies were raised right. You know they were. Putting. She's been putting mm-hmm. for two hours, Craig. Putting for two hours. <laughs> get and it. And Craig says, of course, in the colonel way, that's how you get better. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that's how you get better. <laughs> hey, the only way to get better oh, that's is to it. work at it. I wonder Ain't I on suck. the grind. I <laughs> we suck at putting. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Final hour of our five hours on a Friday is coming. That means we'll be in our 25th hour of this program. Having a blast this week and today for sure. We continue the conversations. Coming next.